Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. These have been a lot of fun. Hopefully people are looking for these wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, this week, we haven't done many current players because Just one. this is a, a, a historical look at the Admirals over 50 seasons. And that's what we, we started this uh, under with the premise of. Uh, or that was the premise of this whole thing. Um, but this guy has seen some history. This guy has been around right. for a few years. And when you get a player like this who's been around for a few has years. Has made history. And had the success and made history, absolutely. Uh, he deserves a, a, a talking to in a good way. When I say a deserve a talking to, that's my Yeah, right. That's the, for the, that's kids, the right? dad coming out That's in the you. dad coming out. But uh, talking this week with uh, defenseman Alex Carrier currently with the team and, and uh, having a great season and, and a really fine young career. And uh, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this year's club, um, and how can we say different has it been from years past for you? Obviously, you're older, more mature, you know what's going on, all of that stuff, while still being a young player. But what what's different about this season than your first few in Milwaukee, or uh, as a pro? First off, uh, thanks for having me. Yes, I, I'm yeah, honored. You're first, welcome. First French honored. guy, probably. Am I the first French guy? Uh, first Frenchie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Freddie Goudreau beat him. Oh, goods. Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry. But, but he was injured. He, had he was hurt. Else to yeah, do. yeah. That doesn't count. Nothing else. Doesn't count. <laughs> first, first active, active Frenchie. Yeah, yeah, first yeah. active playing. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, what's different? Um, like you said, of course, I feel more comfortable uh, fourth year. Um, it's it's a process every year just to get the season starting. Like you feel good and then you have ups and downs. And uh, I think it's. The the biggest thing for me, I think it's uh, the mental aspect of it. That I've like at first I was just going, um, I gotta I gotta be good, I gotta be good, like thinking like like p- put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, the season is so long; it's like a marathon almost. So you, I, I see it different than now. I see it like as a long year. That if there's up and down, and it, it's all right. If you work hard, you know it's gonna always come back. Um, so I think that's a, the biggest thing. And if you you sit for the for the team. Um, I think we have great group of leaders. Um, we we signed the tenor for another two years, so I think it shows uh, his leadership, how he is as a captain, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's a a big thing for us. Yeah. But you're you're in that leadership group too, and as a young player, you've worn the A as an alternate the last couple of seasons. Is that something you've always done? Where have you been and uh, worn the C or the A somewhere along the way your whole career? Yeah, I did when I was younger. Uh, even in junior, I got the, I got the A on my second year, and then uh, later on I got the C as well. But I think it's uh, I'm not the biggest speaker. I was going to say, you're yeah, not you're a rah-rah guy. Rah, 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 not a rah-rah rah, rah, guy. Get in the guy's face, are you? Yeah, no, no. I'd like not. to see that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe at some point. <laughs> no, I'm not the, the biggest speaker. I try to be a little bit more vocal. I think in junior, that was uh, my coach was telling me to, to be more vocal. But um, I think it's just how I am as a person. I work hard every day. I try to do the, the right things. And uh, I think people sees it and people respect that. Uh, I think that uh, it leads, you lead with your action, not right. not with your uh, not with your you words. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, it, it I never ask for it, but it always comes like that. Being uh, in the leadership group, yeah. there have been so many guys that you say when you you lead with your actions, not your words. How, how many guys have you dealt with that 
have led with their words, but their words ring hollow because they don't practice they don't, what they preach. Right, on the know? ice, yeah, yeah for lot, sure. Yeah, and, and you lose a lot of respect for those guys yeah, real quick. Yeah, you, you do. I think it's it's a thing on their team that we don't have this year. We don't have guys that when they say stuff, they mean it, and they also do it. So I think that's a that's a really good point to have because in junior, we had a couple of guys that would walk, walk, walk in the room, yeah. and then we go on, we go on the ice, and then – and they're they don't. And you know what it does though like like we see it here and and there have been players in the past that have been the talkers and maybe not so much the doers but what it does is it with with all due respect to the people listening it fools the fans the fans all think what a great leader all of this stuff right. well 25 guys in the room are rolling their eyes about yeah, this one exactly. guy who like, keeps doing that especially yeah. it's you know you think it's maybe guys that uh Every time something goes wrong, they got to stand up and they got to say their piece. Like, we, come on, guys, we got to get this going. But you're, you guys are professionals. You shouldn't right. need you that kick in the pants every third game or something like that, right? You know what no. you need to do, yeah. No, you're right. And as a hockey player, we always, I feel like when we do interviews and stuff, it's always we, we, we compared to other other sports as yeah. well that, that say hi. And, and yeah. stuff Some, like that. Sometimes it's to the detriment, yeah, I, I think, say, of the sport. I was going to say, what do you think about uh, that? Because, because it's so funny. We've talked about this a lot. We're seeing this a lot with, with uh, well, you you went up and worked out, obviously, and uh, skated on the ice with P.K. Subban. He's a guy that's always pointed to as a guy who says I, and there are a, a, there's a faction who absolutely loves him, and there's a group of people who hates him because he's not the old-school we, us yeah. type of speaker, and that's yeah. the primary thing. He's drawing too much attention to himself, all of that, right? Yeah. What? There's got to be a fine line. There's, or there's, a, there's a balance, right? There's a good medium, a happy medium in there somewhere. For sure, there's a happy medium. I think he's out of the box a little bit, and that's why you said some people like him, some people don't. But uh, there's a happy medium for sure. I mean, like he's done so many good things as well, but sometimes – well, you're from Quebec, right? Yeah, you yeah, see right. right in Montreal yeah, what he's he, done in So Montreal. when you were growing up, I'm sure you were watching PK play, of course, right? Of yeah. course. He donated $10 million, uh, Yeah, to the Children's Hospital yeah, in that, uh, Montreal. That's unreal. Yeah, that's it awesome. It is. Yeah. And if you watch some of his videos of like the going in and visit, and he, he's dressing in a Santa costume, and yeah. it's, really it's really remarkable. Good, yeah. It is. It's really good, yeah. But maybe draws a little too much attention to himself, not in the community side, but you know, on the ice, maybe, maybe I don't know. That's uh, that's what people. Uh, that's what people, people say. say. Yeah, I, people I, I, I think the hockey world is very conservative. You know, like very, it still is. Yeah, yeah, it's old school. But, but what I always say is like these guys, and by these guys, I mean you and guys like Fred Allard, and you know who happened to who happened players. to join us. He yeah. wants to sit on in the session. We charged him <laughs> ten bucks. But you guys have good personalities, and you have good stories to tell. And I guess part of that is our job is to showcase those personalities, not like in a post game interview after a game where you know you're not calling a guy out for you know making a bad play or anything like that. You could, like you said, it's a team, and there's a lot more that goes into it than just one play or one shift or whatever it is. Uh, so I guess I don't really have a question. I have a statement just <laughs> just saying, like, you guys have great personalities, and I'd love to see them come to fruition, come to come to light. Can you think of a time when you talk about not being a, a, a guy who gets in the face? Can you think of any time in your life where you were, where you did have to do that, where you got in somebody's face? Um, with, and, on my own team? Or? Well, yeah. Maybe even another team. Maybe you had an issue with uh, somebody on the other team. There have been times you've dropped yeah, the gloves yeah, to stand yeah. up for teammates, things yeah, like did. that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. At some point, I, I got really mad. It's because when I drop the glove, it's it's usually when someone gets hit and yeah, it's the heat of the moment type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Like it's but not. But I'm not really mad. I just want to protect the guy and stand up right, for the guy right, right. and be a good teammate. Uh, I'm trying to think. the The worst for me is when I get speared. Yeah. yeah. Like with your with the stick. Yeah. That that gets me nuts. But 
No, not really. I'm not a... Hopefully nobody from other team is uh, listening <laughs> in on this, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm competitive, so for sure I'll get sometimes heated, but I'm trying to think at a moment that I got really it's into it. It's funny. It. I, last week we had Mike Liambas on. Yeah. And, and Mike said there might have been two or three times in his career where he was legitimately mad, mad and at wanted at to a, hurt somebody. Right. Like, other than that, I mean, how many fights has Mike Liambas yeah, been involved so in, many, right? Yeah. A million. And, He's uh, been in a million fights. And he... Uh, he said only two or three times that he was he, legitimately upset. Yeah, he actually. That I, I think I can tell that story. It's uh, pretty funny. My first year, I would say, we had Trevor Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> Trevor me Murphy. and you were right. Were, I, you, were you there? I, I was talking to you. I was uh, talking exactly. to you about a we're reading right program. Side, eh? Yeah. So so listen <laughs> listen to that's pretty funny. We're my first year. We're uh, before practice in the morning. I think there uh, we have a toaster, and uh, Trevor uh, is with Bussy. Yeah. Liambus. And uh, he goes to put his toes in, and Bussy's like, no, it's my turn. I, I've been waiting. It's my turn to put my toes. And me and Charlie are just right beside by the coffee machine. Um, and so my back is to this happening. Yeah. The car is watching this yeah, happen. Yeah, I'm watching this, yeah. And then he's like, no, it's my turn. So they get into an argument about whose turn is it for the toes, for the toaster, like to put the toes in. Like, stupid thing. stupid, yeah. So stupid. And then all of a sudden, Bussy snaps, <laughs> and they get into it, like, face to face. And there's a little, uh, little just wall. a little wall, yeah, yeah. just behind. And uh, they get face to face, and Bus uh, Bussy pushes uh, Trevor into the wall. And the and oh. the drywall cracks. Yeah, drywall cracks. <laughs> that oh. was crazy. And yeah. I and this is going on. Yeah. And I'm looking at Carr, and he's you're like a rookie, right? You're yeah, 19 yeah. years old. Yeah. And your eyes. They go from like this big, like small, and next thing you know, they're like saucers. Like yeah, oh my like, god! Like, like guys get into it to uh, split them, and I'm I'm just like. What just happened? What just happened? And the wall is like this. You can see Trevor Murphy's <laughs> body through the wall. <laughs> like <laughs> a crime scene almost, yeah, right? Yeah, like, what is going on this morning? Toast yeah. is good. Just having a coffee. You know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Just have, just having a coffee, yeah. talking about some community stuff. And uh, yeah. That tells you how good that toaster is. What's that? It tells you how good that toaster is. Yeah. I, it's crazy. <laughs> we actually bought a new toaster. Yeah, oh, really? that's a nice toaster. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, no joke. Like I just used it the other day, and it it's got the like holiday season. Oh right? yeah, they've got like good toast. They've got four slices going there, and a mm -hmm. bunch of different settings. Yeah, it's really remarkable. I, t t people should check it out. Great so stories around the toaster, always. Yeah, always good <laughs> stories around the toaster. That's the new water cooler. <laughs> it's all the stories around the toaster. Uh, let's talk about as a young player. We talked about you had a leadership role some uh, on your way up. I don't know that you understood necessarily when you get an A or a C the understanding of what it all entails. Obviously, that grows as you grow. Uh, but when did you become a pro prospect? When do you feel like you became a legitimate chance to be drafted and play in the NHL? Oh. Like like I was feeling like maybe I had a shot. Yeah. A shot to play in the NHL yeah. or play professionally. Play professionally. Obviously, it's something you want to do, but when does it become, yeah, I can do this? It's, uh, I think it happened. I was always like playing for uh, U16, uh, U17, like Team Quebec and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So I was always like in the top players when I was younger. But I think the moment that it hit me it was um, my season midget AAA. So I, I played Batam AA. So you're 15? Yeah, 15. Okay. Yeah, f 14, 15. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, Major AAA, and then they release, there's a Q draft the next year. Right. And they release, like, a a list of the ranking for the draft, and I'm ranked, like, top top five. 
top ten. So I'm like, wow, overall, yeah, not overall, just overall, not just overall, demon. No, overall, yeah. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. So yeah. And my brother went. Uh, he's four years and a half uh, older than me, and he uh, went tenth overall. So, and I was, I was like. 10th overall is really, really good. Yeah. But then when I saw it was ranked like 5, 10, I was like, What were you drafted in the Q draft? Fourth. Fourth. Fourth, yeah. Wow. So I think that year was when I clicked, like, okay, maybe maybe I got a shot. I got to keep working was hard. Was always the yeah. goal was to play in the Q? Uh, did you have any American college or yeah, anything like I that? I have a story those? about that, too. Yeah. So um, my brother played junior. Uh, he did Quebec, uh, Lowestown, and then they fold. So he went to Bacombe on his uh, 19... Uh, years old season and then he got drafted by Washington yeah but he didn't sign after he played for Bacamo so he was like in the there's something happened there with coaches and stuff and uh, whatever but what happened is he didn't want to go back to Bacamo but Bacamo was drafting fifth overall so they were like we're gonna pick uh, is me yeah is, we're gonna pick the younger brother so his older brother is gonna come as well like we're gonna have the two brothers uh, in town yeah. right and um, my my dad didn't want me to go there. Uh, my brother didn't want to go back there. He asked for a trade, so he was looking to get traded, but they were they didn't want to trade him at first. Yeah. So that's when I uh, we started to to look at uh, NCA. Yeah. Oh sure, college. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to Clarkson University. Okay. Oh, you did. We've we, had a couple couple yeah. admirals go to Clarkson. Come to Clarkson. It's pretty close to Montreal too. So we went yeah. there for two days, watch a game, uh, tour everything. So I had a full full ride there. So that that was pretty interesting. So we were like starting to look at college, because uh, we, for some reason, we didn't want to go to uh, Bacomo at that time. Right. And then um, we, so I wasn't meeting with anyone. Usually there's interviews like before the Q draft with every team. So I wasn't meeting with everyone. I was just looking for NCA. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we met. I think the draft was on on a Saturday, and we met we met with uh, Benoit Gru on uh, the Wednesday before the, the draft. Just him. Yeah. With my parents and. I was like, yeah, I want to go there. Yeah. And that's when uh, Gatineau made the, the trade to go ahead of Bicamo. Fourth oh, overall. So they fourth. were six. So they exchanged pick with another team with Juanada. And then they went fourth. So they drafted me fourth. So then I, I went there. You went I there. there for four years. And then Bicamo ended up uh, trading my brother to uh, uh, blainville Beauvoyant, which is Montreal. Yeah. Well, how – it's so – I don't think people understand who listen to this being drafted at 15. It's one thing you're drafted at 18. We've come to accept that. That's been the case for many years. For, and years. for every sport, and too. For every sport, exactly. Yeah. 55 years have been drafting 18 year, eighteen to 20-year-olds to, to play at the next level. But at 15, do you have, is there stress about that? I mean, you, wh the way you're talking, there may have been stress, at least with the family, about where you might end up because it's a total crapshoot. You'd love to play for the team next door, yeah. but you could be hundreds of miles away and never see home until Christmas. Yeah, it's crazy. As a 15, 16-year-old. Yeah, 15, 16. And it's crazy because I'm, I'm late as Freddie. And uh, what happened if it, when you play as uh, 16, 16 years old in the queue, you, you're in high school still. Right. Yeah. So I had two more years of high school in junior, so you're like, God damn! What if I go somewhere and I can't even finish? You can't my finish school, school. right? But right. So that's a that's a big point too. But uh, no, leaving home at that age is. It, How it's far really is Gatineau from where you grew up? 
Uh, two and a half. Okay, so n yeah, so not pretty not close. Not pretty close, but, yeah. but still, uh, I've always I brought this up on this on the podcast before, and this happens especially in the Western League where you could guy gets drafted. Uh, he's from Vancouver. He's from he Vancouver. He's going on Brandon. Manitoba. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I know there's trade ru rules like who can be traded and when they can be traded, but it just blows my mind that like as a 17 year old, hey, sorry. You're gone, right, right? You were two and a half hours from your parents. Now you're going to be 12 hours from your yeah, parents. It's, it's what does business. that do to your head, right? It's That's crazy. It's a business, totally. Yeah. With, with, with kids that are 15, 16, Six. 17. Right. Still trying to... Anyway, I was fortunate to be in a really good billet. Uh, so I had a really good billet, and two and a half hours from home is pretty same, good, too. Same billet your whole four, all four years? Yeah, all four yeah, years. That's yeah. nice. Do they try and do that? Is that the goal? Is that you... Go there, and, and is there ever, like, a what they would call an option, I guess, where, like, yeah, that yeah. was good, but I didn't. Yeah, some are are less lucky than I was, maybe, Yeah. if we say it that way. But, yeah, if if it doesn't work out, you, you can ask your, your coach or your GM or whatever. Be like, hey, next maybe year it's I'd not like to the, go. Yeah, it's not the best fit. Like, it's always awkward to be Right, like, because you're going to see those people yeah, next year, probably. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're still going to take players. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's tough, but some guys do it, though. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, so you become you you get all of that. Now you get to the NHL draft, and uh, tell me your experience about the NHL draft because you went right. Yeah, you yeah. Went. Where, was so where was it? Where did you have to? Where did you go? In, what was uh, it like? In Florida, in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So the Panthers Arena. Yeah. Uh, not a bad place to go. <laughs> yeah, not a bad place. We went uh, from Wednesday to Wednesday, I think. Yeah, okay. Wednesday to Wednesday. So we had a family vacation. My we went rent a house there. My parents were there, uh, girlfriend, brother, brother's girlfriend, both my grandparents on wow. both sides. So uh, it was really really awesome experience. Yeah. yeah. And I was ranked uh, fourth round, I think. Yeah. Some somewhere there. So it wasn't like some guys are like, oh NHL dress. It was the I was so nervous, you know, but I was not at all. Yeah. I just sat there with my family. We had a blast, and like you said in Florida, we had a blast. Right. I just sat there and. I got to the fourth round. Maybe after fourth round, we'll start to be nervous. Sure. Right. But you I got, got to the fourth, fourth round, and then you got but drafted yeah, in the fourth part round. Of so is like, part of that, round. maybe you understood because you'd, went th you'd gone through it with your brother, right? I mean, your brother was drafted, as we said. Where was yeah. your brother drafted? By Washington in what round? Uh, Do you remember? Washington, yeah, sixth round. Sixth round. We, we weren't there, though. So okay. his agent back in the days told him he was ranked uh, – Later on, and he told him, "Oh, it was in LA as draft." It's like I don't think you you need to go. Like if it happens, then then great, perfect. If but you but don't want to go and not get drafted, exactly. and then you like. Ugh. But he ended up going only with my dad, because he was like, "What if he gets drafted? We want to want to be there." Let's see what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened if they went to the draft in LA? My dad and him, and uh, my mom, uh, my brother's girlfriend back then, and me, we went to Virginia Beach. So yep. we, we would always do a family trip there during the summer. So we're like, we're going to go there. If you get drafted, fine. Then you guys are going to come with us Like after the draft. If you don't, then we're going to celebrate. For whatever reason, we're going to celebrate. You know. Yeah. So uh, he ended up getting drafted. So that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But that, that did that give you a perspective on going to the draft, uh, I guess? And, and, and the fact that he had gone through the situation and you grew up observing this and probably talking yeah. to him about what stressors might there there might be yeah he helped me so much uh, through my career especially because i i took the same road as he did like juniors and yeah. everything so uh i was always following him always watching his games so for sure i didn't have that nerve nervousness that yeah. 
I knew what I was going through. So, uh, no, it was good. It was just, uh, it was different because everyone was there. But I couldn't imagine not being drafted. I, I feel like in my head it was, it was normal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Weird to playing, but I don't know what I, I would have done if I didn't get drafted. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, no clue. But it was a good time. Oh, I bet. So you get drafted by Nashville. Do they fit you with a jersey? Do they do all of that stuff? Do you, or do you put a jersey on, I guess, go take your pictures? Yeah. And, and then what is it? What happens in the, in the aftermath? Are you in touch with somebody right away? Do you have to pack and go to rookie camp the following week, or was it – Hey, we'll see you. We'll talk to you later. We went to uh, Def Camp, actually. I think it was a week later. So I had, I think I went back home after the draft. Went back home, then went to Def Camp. Mm -hmm. And then obviously uh, Rookie Camp and everything. And then I had a... Do you have to bring your own pads, by the way? Or do they set you up with all new stuff when you go to development camp? Uh, all Nashville-type stuff. Yeah, they give you helmet, gloves. Uh, Breezers. What's that? Breezers. Breezers? Breezers. Oh. Pants. Yeah, pants. pants yeah. Yeah. They give you pants, but you have your own for everything else. So okay. you have your own skates, at least. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, okay. but everything you see is it's all new. Anything yeah. that would be their colors, though, that, that it matters a lot, like the helmet, the gloves, and the pants. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, but at, after that, yeah, rookie. Rookie camp went really well. I didn't go to main camp that year, uh, just rookie camp. And then the I signed a, my contract, I think, in November. Okay. So I was in Gatineau. So that was great because my brother didn't sin didn't sign a, a contract, so my goal was really to sign a contract, right? To uh, so to be able to play to, play, pro. to yeah. be a pro player, exactly. And ended up working well. And then uh, uh, exactly uh, after that, at the end of the season, I went. I came to Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I came to Milwaukee a little bit. Yeah. I actually have a story there. That <laughs> uh, a little bit of a story. I was uh, with Rich in the hotel. <clears throat> And Richie was playing games. He did. He, he played a couple games, games yeah. three games or something like that. He played in the playoff, yep. too. So he had a couple of games, but I didn't play a game. I was just uh, practicing. Yep. And, and you guys were drafted 15 players apart. Like He was the yeah. 100th pick. You were 115. Exactly. Yeah. You know your stats. I do yeah. know your stats. Yeah. I, I've, I've got it up on the computer <laughs> over here. Yep. Aaron's not looking at a computer. <laughs> Impressive. But when I came up, I um, like I said, I, di I didn't play. I was just practicing. And uh, Jack Dorgerty. Yeah. was there yeah. as well at the same time as me and he was doing the pl the, the warm-up so i was like why am i not doing the, the warm-up <laughs> right know? right so uh, i i didn't know i was working um i got a check actually like later on 300 bucks I, I don't know why and i thought it was because of my the warm-up so i was like i gotta get into that warm-up at least <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, i'm in the <laughs> stand i need that warm-up right yeah. right warm -up. so we're in morning skate w one day and they're practicing the the power play so, you know, morning skate practice, practicing the power play, no one block shot, yeah. just going easy, especially when you go into the playoff. Right. And then <laughs> I'm on the PK, and the the fox is on top. It goes for the one-timer, so usually, like, guys who's out Get of the way. Get a scatter, right? scatter, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I got to do it. I went, <laughs> knee down, blocked the shot on my skate, and everyone is just like, what are you Starts screaming like, woo. <laughs> and everyone's probably thinking that guy's crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> was, they don't know you. And, and it, uh, yeah, they don't know me. And I blocked a shot on my skate. I didn't have a, a shot, a shot blocker. blocker on. <laughs> so it that's a violation. Damn, hurt. <laughs> it hurt so bad. <laughs> I'm just like, who shot it? Oh. Who shot it? I don't know. Do you remember? No, I don't. I don't know. I but mean, it was a righty. Ooh, that good shot. And then <laughs> whatever. So that been 15, 16, 14, 15. Uh, no, 15, 16. Uh, the year before. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, my last right. junior 16, year. 15, your last 16. year, fifteen sixteen, is your last junior year. So that was a good team. Yeah, we, we won the uh, we had the best record in the uh, we won the division. Yeah, you're right. Uh, 
It would have been Taylor Aronson was a lefty. Uh, well, oh, right, uh, yeah, Pontus. Yeah, maybe on Pontus. the point could have been Pontus. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he ended up uh, after practice. Scott Nicole was the deaf coach. Yeah. Back yep. then. So he came came to tell me, hey, like people are gonna talk about that and stuff. And then the next game, I was in the warm up. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> Your way to the warm up. Yeah. yeah. Three hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. So. You start your career, and things are going great, obviously, and then you get called up. You get called up to play two games in the NHL. They're in Canada. They're on the opposite side of the country, but they're in Canada. I, were we, where were we? We were in – I want to say we were in New York, but I don't know. We may have been in Utica. Do no. you remember when you got called up? We were uh, going to Chicago. We were going to Chicago. Okay. okay. So, so that's not Utica at all. So I'm, I'm walking to go eat before the, before the pregame. Before the game, so we're we're busing to Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm walking, and then I get a, a phone call, and I rarely answer my phone calls. Right, my, my parents wouldn't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't I don't answer the phone, and it 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 was uh, D Dean. Yeah, Dean Everson. Yeah. I was calling. Yeah, I didn't have a number either, so that's not good. Right, right. Anyway. When you look, <laughs> who's this calling me? Yeah. Telemarketer. Yeah. Anyway, so he texted me like, "Hey, car, call me. You're going to the show. Everything." So I'm like. Oh, do you still have that text? Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm like, Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Just yeah, curious. after I'll check. That's a great souvenir. So I was like, oh, like I'm freaking out. So I call him right away. So he's like, hey, congrats, whatever. And I'm like, thank you. And they're like, he's like, uh, they're going on the road for ten days. So you pack your bag. Yeah, you're playing tonight, and then you're leaving for Nashville. Like, okay. So I called my parents. It was the best feeling ever to c to tell. Tell them. your oh, parents, yeah. yeah. Best feeling ever. But <laughs> but the thing is, I'm playing in the, Milwaukee. Oh yeah, I'm playing yeah. against Chicago. But then I know that I, I'm going in the sh to, to the You're NHL after yeah. the game. Yeah. So man, I didn't I didn't care about that game. All I was yeah. the game was like, don't get don't, hurt. Don't get hurt. <laughs> don't get, get hurt. Yeah, I want to yeah. get there. Anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was a blast. I ended up playing in uh, Vancouver my first game, and then uh, Calgary. Yeah, game two. And, and your were parents you able to make it? No, no. Too bad they they couldn't. Um, the uh, so Vancouver is pretty far from Montreal, yeah, obviously. Right. Yeah. And uh, I just knew at Morning Skate. So my parents had their luggage ready for everything, like when I was telling them. Yeah. And then I knew Morning Skate, and if if they wouldn't make it on time, they would have missed like a period and a half, maybe. Yeah. And the ticket plane was so expensive. Oh, so I'm sure. Sure. They were like, oh, I can't make it. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah, they watch on TV though. They watched on well, yeah. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it must have been extra special for you to go to Quebec this year and play in front of family and friends and all of that. That was awesome. First time in four years now. Yeah, as a pro. That, yeah, yeah, as a pro. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. We had uh, my parents had, I think they bought forty tickets, and. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. Especially we started the, all the Frenchies on yes. the ice. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. So I think we we all enjoyed the uh, we all enjoyed that for sure. Yeah, it was great. And it helps that we won, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we crushed. We them. were rolling, <laughs> right? Too, especially, did they go to Belleville the next day? Yeah, yeah, they did. They yeah. did. They went to both games. Both games. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and uh, maybe let's uh, we're hopping around a little bit, but let's get into that. Like, thirteen game winning streak. That's pretty remarkable, right? At uh, have you ever been involved with a winning streak like that before? Uh, in juniors would be the only other time, right? Yeah. It would, uh, I think the the biggest streak that we had was last year. Maybe at the Yeah, end, at the end of last year, yeah, right? I think that's the biggest I had. So, uh, yeah, it was my first 
first time ever doing a streak like that. 13 is pretty impressive. And you were hot during this game. Like you were scoring, uh, you were getting basically at least you were getting averaging probably point a point a game, a game right? Yeah. I think you had about eight uh, eight game point streak or something like that. Yeah. Well, it helps when we're winning for sure to to produce. Yeah. And when everyone's hot. Right. Everyone's hot, you know. Yeah. So we and when and the, especially the power play, you know, you're on the if you're on the first unit on the power play and you get out there and the power play scoring like. Basically every time when we didn't score on the power play, seconds. right? When yeah. we didn't score on the power play, I was like, well, wh wh why, why not? Why, <laughs> what happened there? What went wrong? Yeah, we we were hot, and I think when you're hot, you just gotta embrace it because, yeah. like, like I said earlier, it's so many up and down during the season that uh, when you're hot, you embrace it, you, you have fun with it, and you just try to keep it rolling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Too, too bad we couldn't get more though. But yeah. Still. Oh. Thirteen's pretty good. It'll come around again. Yeah. Uh, there's always a chance. The next game is another chance to start something special, You're right? right? You're right. Uh, so we've talked. You get your, you make your NHL debut, um, and then the following season, actually, it would it would be your first season, sixteen, seventeen. You're a rookie. Yeah. You get to go down for the Stanley Cup. Yeah. As a black aces. Yeah. What was that like? Because you you certainly a high from. Making your NHL debut, you're uh, you're having a rookie season. You're an all-star as a rookie, uh, and then at the end of the season, here you are working out with the guys who are competing for the best trophy in sports. Yeah, that was uh, it was crazy. I was there for. You, do you do you feel like you were spoiled? Like all this came too soon. Like like because yeah. uh, they always. I I, I remember a, a quote about Dan Marino. His second year, he's in the Super Bowl, and you think it's going to happen all the Every time. Every year, right? How, it's you know, you don't so understand easy. how unique and special this this moment really yeah. is. I mean, all of this came to you in your first year as a pro. Yeah, maybe I, I took it for granted a little bit. Maybe that's why my second year was not as good as I expected. But uh, no, I, everything came that year uh, as a Black Aces. It was. Great, and we weren't we weren't a lot of black aces that year, so yeah. we're only a uh, three to four guys. Well, and everybody got pulled up. It seems like all these black aces yeah. were being inserted into the lineup. Yeah, Freddie Goodrow, Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was a great experience. I was there for six weeks, so uh, it's a lot of. What do you do? Yeah, I was that's, just gonna that's say the, that's the point. You <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the point. Because are you still asking that question? What are we supposed to do? <laughs> Yeah, for six weeks in the hotel. So, who so runs the uh, let's uh, the practices yeah. real quick? Who runs? Pra uh, you don't practice with the team. No, ever, S ever. You, you don't, don't even you never sit in the room, them. right? Yeah, you never, never see them. So it's yeah. it's a completely separate thing. So, yeah. is is Dean Evason running practices? Yeah. Is that how it works? Okay. Yeah, coaches from Milwaukee that comes down. I think okay. they were because we were there for six weeks. They were they rotated. They rotated, rotated him. Yeah. yeah, right. But right. but we're doing practices with. Uh, we had Mazanic that year, so one goalie. We had me, uh, Grenberg. Yep, we had Freddie before he got called up, and we have I think Cammy. Cammy, yeah. Cammy was yeah. So, so we're four guys with one goalie. Try, <laughs> try to do a nice practice. <laughs> right, every single day. Every single day. Every single and day. And sometimes uh, the press were practicing, let's say at ten thirty, so they don't want to see us. So they're like, "All right, you guys practicing at seven, seven thirty, eight, <laughs> like really, like really early." Yeah. So then and be gone at nine thirty, so we can get the ice ready for the goalies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So you you get up so early, you go to practice, you work out, and after that it's 9.30. And you got the whole day ahead of you. got the whole day. And it's you, Nashville, you're in, Nashville. In, in late spring, early summer. Like yeah, it's we nice talk about outside. Florida. Really be nice. somewhere, yeah. 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 So uh, 
some uh, some days by the pool and just hang out but <laughs> <laughs> but you you also got to stay ready at the same time right and i think freddy freddy Goodrow was really a good great example that. of yeah. why you need to stay ready yeah because in injuries and then he got called up and we the rest was history yeah yeah, yeah. we all know what happened after well, the, i uh, mean when Freddie gets called up, obviously you're happy for him. But did it make you think to yourself, "Whoa, where's I my three hundred dollar check?" Yeah, well, I bet, <laughs> and I bet, I better be ready, right? Like I better be ready to go in case something happens. Yeah, here. for sure, for sure. When you got called up, then after that, it you get more, uh, even more serious, for sure. Yeah, definitely. but they don't even get paid during the playoffs, so right? No, right. That's, yeah. true. that's true. So did you? Well, you just got per diem every day. Yeah, per diem every day. Every day, and they had a place for you to live, but you had to. Eat. I bet it was. You got sick of eating out, I would imagine, huh? Oh, so sick. I, and then after that, I was there for six weeks. Came back home for a couple of days, and then I went to Def Camp that's, that year. Oh, right, right, right. So Def Camp, and it's June. So I was, and then I came back home in July. I went one week to uh, vacation to uh, Mexico, I think. Yeah. One week met the family. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's almost mid-July, and that's when I started my, my Your training. training again. Yeah. So, so you like, really never had any downtime. No. Maybe that's why it affected my second year. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was a short summer. That's our yeah. it, it was a great experience though to, to be a, to be lucky enough to be there at like to know to see what was going on. It was awesome. Do you go to the home games? Yeah. So when they're on the road, are you supposed to? I mean, you're up to your own devices, right? You can do whatever you want. Yeah, we still we still go on the ice in Nashville when they're on the road. Okay, but but maybe not at seven in the morning. No, not at seven. We right, got but your your day is done at noon, twelve thirty, yeah. and then it's it's on your own. Yeah. You don't have to be there at five thirty in a suit to watch the hockey game. No, yeah, it's uh, you watch it to a restaurant. Yeah, you know, but it's a. Uh, it's tough though. Six weeks like that, you Oof. know. Yeah, no, yeah. I you, got, you gotta be. Yeah. I agree. Psst, I agree. That same year, uh, well, first of all, your, your rookie year, I think you said you had six goals. I think three or four of them were in overtime. Yeah. Right, and there's a, we got a great picture that's up on the uh, uh, that we've used probably a billion times of you scoring. And then you're skating over, and you're, you know, you've, you're, it's like you're, it's like you're a cowboy with yeah, a lasso. Yeah. I'm not sure what that celly was. I don't know either. Spur of the moment. To totally unique. You've never done that ever since. No, it's just I feel like when I score, I, I was always getting my knee, one knee up. Yeah. And then I got one knee up, and the end, and I got it spinning. I, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it's a great picture. Yeah, it it's is. It's a great picture that we have, but also that year. Now you're not a forward, but you got to play with someone who you, I imagine you probably looked up to your entire life in Mike Ribeiro. Yes. What was that like to, to to play with him, to meet him, to be around him every single day? Someone you probably idolized as a kid. It was awesome. Um, Mike is like the nicest guy ever. He's so easygoing. He's friendly with everyone. Uh, you would think that someone his status when he comes down late in his career yep. that'd be like over over the age be like ah oh, what am Forget i doing this. and yeah. he would have every right to be that yeah, way but he wasn't not at all he was so friendly so easy going uh his first day actually his <laughs> first day we have a meeting and then you know like where we we come in the back door yeah. yes if you don't know it's not easy to come to in. find yeah, right right it's, hid it's hidden exactly so we're sitting there and then dean comes in he's like where's mike first day yeah. <laughs> Where's Mike? 
and everyone looking around. I don't know, and no one has his number, so yeah, right. No one's gonna call him. And then he ended up coming in like maybe five minutes later, mm-hmm. but he's late to his first day. You know? Yeah. So five minutes in, he's like, "Sorry," comes in, <laughs> sit down, and then uh, Dean goes, uh, "Yeah, it's you're late. It's gonna be a hundred bucks." So Mike looking at him like. You want it right now? Or <laughs> reach as far as wallet? You want it right? I got it. Dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> hundred bucks. That guy was making four million. So. Yeah, right. He could he could spare <laughs> yeah. the hundred bucks. Dean, if Dean was smart, if he was thinking on his feet, he'd have said, uh, oh, that's four four grand or a thousand dollars or he something. D- he didn't have no worries about it. But no, I was really surprised to see how he was as a as a guy, really friendly, very generous. Um, another story, we're sitting uh, in the stall and he got a, an envelope uh, by, uh, and we we only see like, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, yeah, right. whatever. So we're thinking it's a paycheck. Yeah, because he got traded uh, from. Yeah, he got uh, buyout. Traded or yeah, bought out and then signed with Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So we're still getting paid by uh, by the Coyotes uh, by the Coyotes that year. So we look at Mike. We're like, Mike, can we can we open it? Because we knew it was a paycheck. Yeah. So he's like, Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so he's like, But but think about it. I get that. Uh, Every two weeks, only from Arizona, I still have a paycheck with Nashville. So, so we're like, all right, we open it. The check was eighty grand. <laughs> <laughs> and in we're one check, one check for one team. We got another, another. You one got another coming check in, coming, in, coming in, and another so, coming into the month. Yeah, so or we're in like, in another two weeks, and we're like, oh my god, I'm, <laughs> I make sixty-five grand for a year, for the whole year. He and makes he made eighty grand in one two check. Weeks. Yeah, and we were all, like, and that's and he doesn't even play for him. No, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's so, he's getting that money to not play for them. Yes, yeah, so that was crazy. And talking about <laughs> money and, and Mike, um, when he got sent down, um, he didn't get picked on waivers, I think. Right. So he cleared it. So he was coming down. And he told, I think he told the management, like, could I get a couple of days to think if I want to go and stuff? Sure. And then David Poole called him and he's like, hey, you got to make your decision because we're paying you uh, 30 grand a day. <laughs> and then Mike goes, 30 grand a day? All right, I'll go. (laughs) 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 But he was the nicest guy, such a nice guy. We had, uh, we talked about this with Freddie Goudreau uh, a few episodes ago, but I remember walking into Grand Rapids and Mike, I think Mike's kids were there actually in Grand Rapids. And uh, he was going to give me an interview and he was, but he was holding court and he was talking about his views on, uh, conspiracy theories and all of that stuff. Do you remember this at all? I think so, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he he, was, yeah, what was he saying? Eh? Well, he there was, was some flat earth stuff. There was some assassination yeah, theories yeah. on past presidents. <laughs> right. There was a lot of stuff. And I, I just, re- I remember, I don't, I, you may have still been on the ice because you're, you're not necessarily the first guy off the ice w- yeah. when all this happens. But I looked at Pontus Aberg and, and Pontus looks at me and he says, uh, I give him credit. He's passionate. And, and, and I go, do you believe it? He goes, no, he's wrong, but he's passionate. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was really good. And we, we said this before that, and you alluded to this, like a guy at the end of his career who's played his entire time in the NHL, he could kind of could have come down here and been like, whatever, you know, I'm just here to collect my 30 grand a day. But he was, in, he was invested, like from the moment he came down here, it, you could tell, like he yeah. wanted to be here. No, it was fun. He he enjo- he relished the leadership role, especially amongst yeah. the French guys. Uh, that, yeah. and he's out on the ice, and he's you know a little self-deprecating too. He you know he wasn't the fleetest of foot, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, he'd come out there and come off the bench, and I Florida would say like he'd come off the bench and be like, yeah, really tore it up out there that shift, guys, huh? <laughs> but and he liked being here. He liked being around the guys, and I bet you you know that was probably pretty neat for you to see. 
It was great, yeah. We, um, I think we actually, we did a French cheese starting lineup back in uh, Charlotte. First shift of the game, we ended up scoring. It was uh, Mike, Richie, and Freddie Goudreau yeah. yep. with uh, Jim Molini and me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're starting and we scored and we're all in the, like, celebrating. We're like, Frenchies. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. But no, it was, uh, I was really surprised for his attitude and it was a really nice guy. It's a good lesson. Yeah. It's a good lesson to to deal with somebody like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Alex Carrier is joining us here on the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Um, the year after after that, no playoffs. 2018, no playoffs for the Admirals. So what was that like? Because this is a franchise and you've been in the playoffs and it just you just kind of get used to being in the playoffs. To, to but winning. Then, yeah. But then it just it fell apart that season, just, just crashed and, and didn't happen. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a, a tough year, I think, for for everyone a little bit. Yeah, I don't think anyone had a great year that year. Uh, but yeah, I think it was the first time in a lot of season that the Admirals were in the playoff right that year. Uh, only the first time in only about four years, but uh, but the, yeah, that the, the 2015, but that stretch was was a long one. 2000, then, yeah, yes. But be be happy that you weren't around in 2015 because that year was a disaster. Was. <laughs> it was a dumpster fire. Of all dumpster fires, like at least we made it. We we traded for Goose and yep. Uh, yep. Uh, John, John Ramage. Yeah. Plake was here, and Brandon Bolig. We made a run at it. Uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, but the fourteen fifteen season was a disaster. It, it happens. I think it's a for for me at least. It was a a learning season. Uh, you know, some maybe if your first year goes too well right and you then you come you, back you, you come back you take it for granted you think that's you're gonna be even better and you think so, the league is easy kind of yeah. yeah yeah but it's but, but it's not of it because there were a, a, a few of you yourself included that did the 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 stretch in nashville right and you probably didn't get you didn't it, you were complete your routine was completely thrown off so instead of maybe starting your workouts in june like you would have you're still doing black a stuff and and skating with three guys and and and, and a goalie that, yeah you know and and i mean that that throws you off and, and especially when you get no break yeah to going into a season yeah i don't i don't want to take it as an excuse right right but yeah it, but it it's for there. sure it's different different summer yeah yeah because like but again it's another learning what exactly so what exactly. what do coaches say then after your second year and it's we missed the playoffs and you didn't have as good a year what are they saying to you you, do they give you okay? Here's what you need to work on. Do they just say like you just need to be better overall? Or do you what, even what, need to hear any? Yeah. Of what's the message from the coaches from from Scott Nickel, uh, uh, the uh, Admirals general manager? Um, uh, or Dean, Paul, it would have been Paul Fenton at the yeah, time, but Dean was really straightforward with me that year, yeah. and he he told me like as he tended to be with yeah everybody. all the time yeah. exactly, and it was really straightforward. He said, you know, we think you you, you took a step back this year. You know, you gotta. Go work out a lot this summer, get stronger, get faster, and uh, you gotta be better. So that's what he told me, and <laughs> he, he was right. Right. So I went, I went that that summer and worked out, and uh, and ended up going well. But like I said, it's it was a learning season. It was uh, uh, because of that season, and I just got more mature, I think, and uh, like cooking, taking care of my body. Like I said, it's a marathon. Right. The season's so long, yeah. so. Yeah, it was seventy-six uh, games is a lot of games yeah. to play, and when you three games and three nights, and, yeah, yeah, that's tough. And, and <laughs> traveling, sick, you know, maybe coming back from Iowa on one of those games or something like that. It's it's crazy what it does to your body. Like, how do you? 
how do you recover from that? How do you get how do you get your mind going to get your body going free for those games? Yeah, you gotta go one game at a time. But <laughs> some uh, cold tub, yeah, cold water, ice ice uh, ice bath. I think you try that. But seriously, it's really hard uh, mentally more than physically. I feel like that on your third game you're exhausted, but you think your body's exhausted, but it's it's your mind that's exhausted. But uh, it's a it's a grind. It's really hard. But we don't have uh, as many this year. I think that no. Yeah, the league has has. Uh, a number of years ago, the league has basically, you know, come down and said we don't want to, we no more four and fives. You can't play four games and five nights anymore, and so that has affected just playing three and threes yeah. because no one plays on Thursdays uh, because of the way that it, yeah. how that would line up. So uh, you get the Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or yeah, it, most of the time. Yep, exactly. Most of the time, you you've said it a couple of times about the the players from Quebec that started in Laval. Um, the group of you that scored the goal in Charlotte and all got together and said, yay, Frenchies. Yeah. How special is it to have that group of guys? And let's talk about this year's team. How special is it to have this large group of players? This is the most I can remember since I've been here. Uh, players from Quebec, you guys, most of you have been around for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew each other beforehand at all, or or is it it's all relationships you've developed in Milwaukee over the over your career? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we we obviously played against each other in junior, but I didn't. But you don't uh, really know the guy. No, not yeah. really. And you you get here, and we're really lucky because you look around with with other AHL team, and they don't have as like some some team don't even have a French guy on the team. Right. So I think it's it it's it's nice to have a uh, same language, uh, people with you. It's comforting. When did you? Yeah. Did you learn English in school growing up? Uh, a little bit, but not really. I but think not a lot. The main thing for me was uh, when I played in Gatineau. Yep. I um, I had a roommate there, and he was an English guy. So for two years, I was for two years I was speaking English with him. Oh wow! So that's, so that's how you picked up the language. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He was a, a, an English guy uh, from Quebec, or was he from the states? He was from uh, Halifax. He was from Halifax. Yeah. Okay. So he didn't really speak French. Didn't speak French. No. But yeah, so that's where I learned. But like I said, we're really uh, lucky to have a lot of French. Did he play any tricks on you, or did you do the likewise in French? Like tell him, okay, so this four-letter word means uh, this means great job. <laughs> so go say that to the coach or something like that. <laughs> I, I wasn't that bad. I just <laughs> first couple of days he would like ask me ask me stuff, and I would just look at him and be like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no clue what he said. <laughs> and he knew that I didn't understand, so he'd be like, all right, <laughs> never mind. What right. the locker In the locker room, do they speak French? Does it, Do the coaches speak French to everybody, or is it English? Or what in do in they junior? Do? Yes. It's uh, I play in Gatineau, so we had a lot of English guy. Okay. Um, I think it's half and half. When he gets mad, it's in French. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's usually in English. It's usually in English. Yeah, okay. it is most in English. Yeah. Okay. Is that the case in most of the teams in the queue? I don't know. We would have to to ask Freddie because he played in a pretty French place. Was it in English or only French? English. English. Yeah. Okay. So I, Freddie, so Fred, Freddie Allard sitting in on this uh, podcast. Yeah, but the podcast, we, we, you know, this is the first year, so we can only afford three, two, three microphones. <laughs> That's right. So uh, Freddie and only three chairs yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So Sorry, Freddie's sitting, sitting on, on the, the ground. ground. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so most English, I would say. Yeah. Let's look ahead here to this team. There's still a lot, a, a long way to go. But um, I mean, what's what's the ceiling with this team, and what's what do you, what are you guys feeling? It, it, it it's so interesting to watch <coughs> uh, this year's club in the fact that there's, especially during that 13-game winning streak, 
there's this confidence, but it's 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 so in the moment. There is no looking ahead. It's so and and it's palpable to me, which is you know it must be really strong for me to it must be really obvious for me to figure out that it's it, it's like that. Yeah. Um, so maybe we don't want to look too far ahead, I guess, when when I ask you that question. But yeah. but this is this is a good hockey team right now. It is, and I think we're uh, all uh, accountable. So we all know when we don't do it right, we don't play right. So I think that's the biggest thing for, for our team. When we don't play the right way, we, we know it, mm -hmm. and we try to fix it right away. And uh, like you said, we don't want to say we won the cup and everything. We just try to go. Everybody does. Yeah. We just try to go one game after one game, try to get better, because in the AHL, you never know what can happen. can be four guys called up, right. five guys called up, all of a sudden your team is different. Right, so completely I think, different. Yeah, so I think you just have to go one game at a time and and go from there because you never know what can happen. That brings up, it, it leads me to this question. What, what is it, um, there's not one person in that locker room who wants to be in Milwaukee. It's nothing against, we've, we've said this so many times, it's nothing against Milwaukee, it's just the fact that it's not the NHL. They'd love Milwaukee if it was a National Hockey League franchise, right? So how do you balance that? I, I remember years ago in La Crosse, Wisconsin, they had a CBA team, minor league basketball. And all the guys there, this was pre-hardcore, pre-ease of internet, let's say. So you had to kind of work to get the internet. You still had the dial-up modems, and you didn't have all the websites that you do, and all the information wasn't out there. So all you had were the newspapers. And guys were just chucking. They were, there was no passing of the basketball. It was just, I'm getting my 30 points tonight, and somebody's going to see it in the paper, and they'll sign me to go the next day to back to the NBA because I don't want to be here anymore. How do you walk that line? Or how can you, because now you're in the leadership core, uh, you have to make this as best as possible. But it's a tough thing because, again, there's, in the back of everybody's minds, they'd rather be doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. Nashville or 30 other teams in the NHL. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a it's a tough league for that, uh, for that, and with the travel, the travel and everything. But I think you gotta see it in a different way. If you think only about yourself, then obviously you become a selfish player. Right. Uh, no one wants to play with you and everything. And people talk about that as well. But if if you sit in a different way, and you're like, if we have a team that wins every night. People are going to see you. People are going to, yeah, exactly. People are going to see you. Your game are, is going up. Yeah. Everyone is is taking advantage of a winning team. But by being a winning team, you need to play with like, with, with your guys. You, you can't be selfish. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing to, um, to everyone needs to be on the same page. Everyone needs to be uh, the main focus, like to play together and not being selfish. Because like you said, it's, it could be easy to just think about yourself, about going to the next level. Just you've had, you dealt with, I mean, I think on that 04 team that won the Calder Cup, there were guys on there who probably weren't the best players, but they were associated with winning and, and labeled exactly. as winners. And that those guys you made, know, a, made a difference, even though they weren't the best hockey players, perhaps. So Ver, Ver, winning can lead to a career. Vern Fiddler said, uh, who was on that team, 04 team, that, uh, and this was many years later, probably after he played probably 600 games in the NHL, he said, my greatest hockey moment is winning the Calder Cup in Milwaukee. Wow. Even though he's played that many games and that's just that's what winning does. You all you remember the teams you win on yep. and the teams that you don't win on, it sort of just, you know, goes yeah. on by. Yeah. Everyone wants win winners on on their team. So right. they're going to give you contracts 
after right. afterward for sure. Right. Even in the NHL, some guys win the cup, and because of that, they get more years. Victor Stahlberg is a great example of that. Signed with Nashville after helping the, the Blackhawks, yeah. and it didn't work out. Uh, he was part of that 14-15 uh, team that didn't work out so well. For us. <laughs> but you uh, get that, and, and guys that are – they get jobs as coaches or they get de jobs yeah. as development guys or yeah. whatever when their careers are done. Yeah. So they're scouts or whatever it might be, the, the guys who know what it takes to win. All right. Last uh, couple weekends ago, pretty special weekend for the team, bringing the dads in. Second time this has happened. What was that like for you and what was it like for your dad? It was awesome. Having my dad around, uh, he works a lot and he always – he always uh, fly down to come see me. So having him, just me and him, uh, nothing against my mother. I love my mother, but just me and him, like right. bonding together, having a great time was awesome. And uh, I think it, it it makes us realize like how lucky we are to have uh, our dads around and all the sacrifices they made. I think it was a good opportunity to thank them and had a good time with them, but it was great. I think the dads had a good time as well. So they they did. They're they four four and zero, oh, so I don't think the mothers are getting uh, <laughs> getting their shots. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll see. Is there motivation for you to play better? Do you do you once you get to the ice? Is it just the game, or do you think to yourself, my my dad's out there? I can see my dad in my jersey sitting right. in that corner over there. Oh, for sure. You're more motivated for sure. You want to you want to make him proud. Right. So. He just flew a couple hours, so might as well. What was your dad like as a hockey parent? Um, I think it was tougher on my was, uh, on my brother. I was gonna say he was the first. Yeah, and he went through the draft and all of that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So I think it was a little bit tougher on my brother. But it was new to him, right? Yeah, it was yeah. New to them. Yeah, my 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 dad played hockey though. He played in the queue as well. Okay, he did. He, okay, he never uh, made it. Iron but to go that. to have that relationship with a son going through that stuff though, that's that's a new experience for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, he was uh, really good. He would help me when I, I asked for it. Um, but he was always preaching. Was he your coach? Yeah, he was growing up. He was yeah for until uh, Adam Adam. Okay, which boy, I don't know. What that would exactly be. Yeah. So right before Pee Wee. Okay, so yeah, when you're 10 or 11 years yeah, old. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, around that age. But he was, uh, he was always preaching, uh, working hard. Yeah. So he would, uh, he would never get mad if I had a bad game, but I worked hard. He right. Would, he would get mad because you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And he, he knew, he knew that. He understood that. He would only get mad if uh, <laughs> I wasn't skating and I wasn't working enough. So I think it was perfect. Is it that? Is that the way coaches are? Coaches at the American League level are now. Is it a lot about how hard you're working and being doing the right things, as opposed to you're going to make mistakes, you're going to lose 50-50 battles, right? But is it about the working hard and it's the part of the process? You hear that term all the time. Yeah. The process. The process. They trust, could make trust a trust the process. Trust the process. They could make a movie called Trust the Process. <laughs> but is that is that the way it is? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you don't want a player not be working hard on your team. So I think uh, for sure everyone is preaching that. Um, but that's, that's a good question. I think everyone got a different vision about coaching. So Sure. Um, but it gets back to what we said a long time ago. You all know who is working hard and who isn't. Yeah. And yeah. the peer pressure that is applied, whether it's overt or or, or – quiet there there's going to be pressure on that person to pick up their game to be a hard uh, to join in with the rest of the team yeah for sure yeah for sure and especially when your dads are around yeah you wanna, right <laughs> you want to work hard for them and uh last year they turn our season over right 
a whole uh, 180. So uh, we had a we had a good time. Hopefully they, they they can come for the next couple of years and have a blast. Yeah, keep doing this. Yeah, Overflow too. You got anything else? I got I got nothing else. We All can right. get get him out of here and. Freddie can stand up from the uh, yeah. from the floor over yeah, there. Yeah, clap from the audience. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for doing this. I really <laughs> thanks appreciate for it. Me. Yeah, it was fun. That's uh, Admiral's defenseman Alex Carrier. Uh, thank you for listening. Keep uh, looking out for uh, brand new episodes of Milwaukee Admirals podcast yep. wherever you find your podcast. You can get them on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, all those places. Beautiful. For Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. Thanks for listening.